handle the truth. Should we or should we not follow the advice of the galactically stupid? Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe fuck yourself. You're all a bunch of fucking assholes. You know why? You don't have the guts to be what you want to be. You need people like me. You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say, that's the bad guy. Clearly, don't know who you're talking to, so let me clue you in. I am not in danger, Skyler. I am the danger. A guy opens his door and gets shot, and you think that of me? No. I am the one who knocks. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Righteous Prick Podcast. I am your host, J.L. Covan. It is 3.48 p.m. Eastern Time on Sunday, May 15th, in the year of our Lord, 2022. Now, I had made a pledge. I forget on which feed, perhaps on the Patreon only, but I said if I record one on the Patreon the day after the special taping, it means it went horribly wrong. If I tape one on the regular feed, which is what this is, it means it went well. That was a lie. I just felt like more people would be curious. Um, Even though I obviously want people to sign up for the Patreon, I didn't want to deny you uh, the recap. But uh, I'll give you a blow-by-blow soon enough. I just got back from seeing everything, everywhere, all at once, Um, which I think is a copy of the Sky Rizzi movie, Nothing is Everything, which is about a multiverse of all the different versions of the Sky Rizzi psoriasis commercial jingle. The first one was the best. Every other one has been an atrocity. No idea why they went to a new song. But I just saw that movie. I went for a walk. It's sunny out in Jersey. Trying to clear my head. Went to Mass this morning. That didn't really help. Um, and went for a walk, went to see a movie and just, you know, it's, it wasn't bad. So I'll say that off that I know. And there were some great ad libs and some new bits that really killed, like since the last taping things that I inserted because I knew they'd kill, not just because I thought, Oh, this is kind of fun. Let me put this in. Um, but there were, um, mistakes on my part. Um, no disrespect to the people who I'm extremely grateful that showed up. Um, I, people flew in from Iowa, Chicago, um, came up from, from Pennsylvania. Um, shit, I hope, a uh, DC, you know, real, real diehard. I had a, I had a, a term that I used derisively many years ago 
called a Fran, which is a fan that tries to become a friend. But in this, you know, since the pandemic and social media and getting older and more isolated as a person, I, I, I think of it more as a term of endearment now, that, that, that there are a lot of people who have invested a lot of their time and money uh, and support in uh, my up and down comedy career. And I'm uh, extremely grateful. Uh, but in the aggregate, so this isn't calling out any one individual, but the, the crowd in October was I was an A+. Plus, the crowd was an A+, plus, which yielded an unprecedentedly great show in my career. Uh, last night, I would say I was somewhere between a B plus and an A-, minus, probably veering towards B+, plus with some A highlights. But um, and the crowd was a was a B, and that part of that is because there were uh, like forty fewer people in the crowd. So obviously that's going to impact. That's that's no one's individual fault. But I'll give you the blow by blow for the whole day. But it's been um, it it's uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm hoping that this feeling does not last for too long um, because I feel. Uh, devastated is probably too dramatic. I mean, yesterday, Britney Spears lost a, a baby and, uh, 10 people were gunned down by an 18 year old racist piece of shit in Buffalo. Um, so it's, you know, it's, it's unfortunately you, you, you sometimes have to make yourself realize that, uh, your comedy show is not, um, the most important thing, obviously, but to me for my career goals, um, you know, for, for things I've dedicated my adult life to, uh, it, it represented a, a tremendous disappointment to me yesterday. Um, had I not had the October show, I, I don't think it would be a, a disappointment. I think I would be like, that was good. There were some great bits, and I think that's going to make for a, a solid, if not solid plus special. But, you know, um, I think I think it's it's definite that the uh, the first taping will be the album, so that and and um, so that's good. And and this is a de you know a friend of mine came up to me after the show and said, I thought you were just going to do the whole same set again. This was like a totally different show, and which felt good um, because it it meant that like people who came twice, which there were several people who did, uh, got a, a different experience, a, a slightly worse experience, but still a very good experience. But, but in terms of, you know, this was always a long shot for me. Uh, that's why I was so excited with the first taping because I said it guarantees nothing, but if I do an A plus performance and have an A plus crowd, I can live with that because if they don't pick it up, if nobody buys it, I go, okay, well, this one's not on me. I can live with this. It it confirms what I think and know about the industry, and I have nowhere to blame myself or my fans. That like so so that would be an, a good position to be in. Worst case scenario, nobody picks it up. It's just on sale on iTunes and Amazon. To say I did the best I could. This is a great product. And, you know, various factors played against me that I had no control over. Um, whereas this one, I felt like I didn't, I didn't not try to give a great performance, but I just, um, you know, when we go through the set, I'll, 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 I'll explain some of my mishaps, but, um, but it's, and I, I hate to be dreary, 
I'll try to, that's why I opened up with a Sky Rizzy joke, but it's, it's very difficult for me to not be dreary today, um, because it was, uh, it, it felt almost like I choked. It felt like I got to a game seven and then had a shitty game, like a media, like, like my team needed me to have 45. I had 50 or 60 in game six to send it to game seven, but in game seven, I had like 25 and eight, which is like a good game, but my team needed me, my team being me, <laughs> needed, you know, 45 and 15. And I, I, I didn't, I didn't deliver that. Um, and, uh, I think today I was just, mm, sort of coming to grips what my life is and will be without comedy. And uh, a fan who was uh, at the show last night for the second time uh, brought friends um, and, and went out to drinks after with, with several people. Um, she wrote me a message uh, uh, late last night because um, I made a joke about going to like her and her husband having a big party in the fall. Um, and I said, well, I better I better catch on or else I'm just going to be some random tall dude at the party. I, 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 I want to br- I want to bring up the clout of the party as a successful comedian, not just as some tall rando. And I was kidding, obviously, but she she did take that partially to heart and said, remember, you're not a comedian. Like, it's not what you do. It's who you are. And and, you know. You're very funny, but like who you are is is important too, and it's it's in a way it's weird to think that way because my entire adult life, um, you know, I tell people I have told people for many years I do comedy instead of saying I am a comedian because I'm like, well, I'm a comedian lawyer because I do two jobs and they have equal shares in paying my bills, but but comedy has been, um, and I don't know if this is sad or just whatever but it's it's been the defining the singular defining characteristic of my adult life and i got really really good at it and worked really really hard at it and i was able to contemplate a life without comedy a few years ago because that had taken a long time for me to be really disappointed in my career and really bitter and then 2020 sort of turned it around and gave me this this enormous jolt of hope and excitement. And that feels like... And, and, and the special was a recognition that I needed to deliver something big before maybe my star completely faded. Um, thank you, social media algorithms again. Damn it, I said I wasn't going to mention those. And uh, I did it and couldn't couldn't use it. I mean, it'll be an album, but, you know, if it was an album, I would have done it myself. The The goal of this was obviously a special. So I think the second taping will be the special, uh, assuming there are no technical difficulties. And um, that's obviously a big assumption. But I think uh, from what I'm told, the, the, the guy doing it was, was very, uh, you know, was understood the flaws of the first one and, and was very diligent in making sure everything was going well. So I think it's going to come out technically sound and I think there's a lot of great stuff on it 
But a comedy album to me or a comedy special, a great one, the, the level I need, can't be like an album where you're like, those five songs are good and I skip the rest. Like you want a fully formed, polished, thematically strong product that really doesn't, you know, it sounds ambitious, but like Chris Rock's Bring the Pain has always been my model, my goal for, for an album or a special. And I think looking at my work, uh, Keep My Enemies Closer, Probably my bring the pain in terms of not a not a fucking blemish on that entire album and and there is just like it's like it's like haymaker after haymaker on that album. Thoughts and prayers was really really good and really really strong uh, and and you know a, a longer uh, set a double album and I thought the first taping of this was was my best ever. It was my whatever it was just it was it was that level where i was like this is what i would want out as a special it's 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 non-stop heavy heavy punches to the to the funny bone whether they be long stories or quick bits everything is punching hard um and there are a lot of hard funny moments in this special a couple of ad libs that i was i'm very happy with a couple of things fell flat like like have never fallen flat like some some tested tried and tested lines fell sort of flat with this crowd which was disappointing but um overall i think i'm just sharing with you you shouldn't listen to this uh when you get the special or whatever obviously make your own judgments like i'm I'm giving you the perspective of person who knows what a perfect set felt like and knows that it was not perfect. Um, but um, let's just get to let's do a recap of the day. So I had stomach trouble all day. Uh, I've never felt this physically uncomfortable the day of a show, and I was like, "Did I eat something wrong?" And I was like, "No, it was just nerves." So I kept mapping out the set, reading over my notes, trying to remember every beat. Sorry, I'm eating yogurt. Um, I'm eating some, some, some yogurt for probiotics. I feel like that's going to be part of my new positive outlook on life. You know, I'm going to avoid antibiotics, do your own research and, uh, upgrade on probiotics. So I've got raw com kombucha because my kombucha doesn't wear condoms and, uh, and like some Greek yogurt with like active cultures and whatever the fuck else diet people tell you you got to have for gut health so um stomach's doing flips um and i knew i was in trouble i think because the righteous girlfriend she doesn't listen to this fucking show which i wouldn't either if i dated me um but she uh she put on a dress that i'm not a particular fan of and that's all i needed i just became a sullen miserable fucking mess for the last four hours i was home um, and that's, that's like, that's what, like, I didn't say it, but I was just, a, I was just like quiet and miserable. Um, and that's, unfortunately, I feel like, um, that's, that's sometimes how I can be. I, I have misery that I need to put somewhere. And then I was like, no, I don't like that dress. I'm going to be sulking and angry at my set now. It's a fucking, it's so fucking dumb. Um, like it's, it's, it sounds psycho what I'm saying right now, but that's 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 that is one of the reasons why I think comedy is just the way I do it, the way I feel I need to do it, makes it me good and it makes me miserable. So you know, uh, probably as good a reason uh, not being 
an abs- an absurd douchebag. Uh, that you know, it would be as good a reason as any to stop doing comedy if this is what it makes. But I'm just like, well, I, I, I don't like that. I didn't say, but I didn't say anything. I'm not one. Of the, I don't walk around going, "You're gonna wear that." Like I was just like, oh, all right, that's for what I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know why I'm like that. Um, I ju- I think I just look for things. If I if I can't be negative, I find something that I can be negative about, even if it's not negative. So I make my way into the city. I'm reviewing my notes. Walking around the Upper West Side looking for a coffee shop. The Upper West Side looks like shit. Like, like it, it, a lot of clothes. Like, I, I, I just, man, New York, I don't know. Maybe New York City isn't coming the fuck back because a lot of empty storefronts, not, uh, like, there are a lot of traffic on, like, restaurant areas, but no crosstown traffic. Like, I was walking against the light basically the whole time because it was like, it felt, it, it was a Saturday, like, it's, it's 8 p.m. where you'd expect like a little a little buzz but um found a starbucks and uh well first thing when i got off the subway a homeless man stopped me he you know when you have one of those like talks without where he wants to keep it real and be serious but he seemed like a normal guy and he was like oh my birthday was may 8th and i'm like hey fellow taurus and I told him, I said, I'm sorry, I don't have, I, I don't have money, on, I don't have cash on me. I apologize. And he said, well, thanks for listening. And we walked our separate ways, and then I just said, fuck it, and went to a Bank of America and took 40 bucks out and gave him 20 and said, good luck. And I thought, look at that good energy I'm putting out there before my special. Um, Thou shalt not test the Lord thy God, okay? You got to know when, when the devil is tempting Jesus in the desert, you can't make bargains with the Lord, folks. And then uh, I went into a Starbucks, and I, they were cleaning up already, but I was like, can I come in? And it was like 8, 12. I was like, they were like, uh, where the players dwell, and they were like, yeah, sure. And I uh, I went in, got a black coffee, uh, a piece of coffee cake, because I'm a fucking 85-year-old man, um, and a water, and just started reviewing my notes. And they said, sir, we do close at 8.30, just to let you know. But I was like, all right, I, you know what, I already fucked up your evening enough. So I left at 8.29, you know, because I'm, I'm merciful. And I gave them the other, tw- I gave the other 20 to their tip jar. And I just thought, fuck it. That's, you know, hey, you're, even these 15 minutes helped me out for, for show prep. So I go, I go to the theater, the Triad Theater, and I walk in about 8.50 p.m., shows at 9.30 and there is a strong leak coming from the roof onto some of the seats in the in the front part of the theater and i'm looking at this and i'm going like i think they could see it usually i try to even have gallows humor but i think the people at the theater and the, and the tech guy could see like this this guy is not like like he is crestfallen he is like i was i it, it got me like depressed more depressed and i was like i, I cuz it was raining <laughs> and and uh but they fixed it but that was literally i walked into the theater 40 minutes before showtime to see um a pretty a pretty strong flowing leak from the ceiling like like somebody was pouring like brita water out but they turned off like the part of the AC and that dried it up and they and they, everything worked everything worked but obviously you don't want too many empty seats in the front of the theater for a special taping but something had to go wrong and it did and then 
when I'm doing sound check and you know camera check around 9:10, the camera, the main camera, almost fell off the balcony. And like like it a lot like it scared the camera guy because he it had, somebody had like repositioned it and I was like this isn't this is my my mind is I, this isn't you know it started with me being a, a just a fucking looking for something to gripe about and then it just turned it was turning into a nightmare so I go backstage and I'm reviewing my notes I switch into my t-shirt and uh Pete shows up, Pete Dominic, host. We talk for a few minutes. He goes out and does about 12, 15 minutes to warm the crowd up. And then I go out there. And, uh, you know, crowd was nice. There were some empty seats up front, which is not great. But uh, um, I started my set. Things were going well. Now, there was a group in front. Um, I believe it was a, a man who was a fan of mine. I, I, it looked like two generations. Like, it looked like... I, I don't think they were father, like mother, mother, father, daughters. I don't think that was the relation, but it was like an older guy, I think an older woman. And when I say older, I mean relative to the young women. Like so uh, 40s, two people in their 40s or, or 50s and like two young women. Um, and they were there was like a lot, of, a lot of chit-chat and nobody could hear it, but guess who could hear it? Me. Um, and about I was, I was starting to sweat. Because that's what actually happens. Like I'm sitting there going, standing there going, okay, just keep mowing through the material. Good, good, good. Oh, God. Uh, at some point, and, and like I feel beads of sweat because I'm like holding in the desire to say, please stop talking. And that's causing me to be like more stressed because I'm like, I shouldn't say something, but is this going to be picked up on a mic? Uh, I, I, they're starting, I'm starting to hear them. And, and they, you know, for about 10 minutes, they had kind of steady chatter. And one of the women was extremely a young, very, very attractive woman. And that's how dedicated, like, when it comes to my comedy, I do not see attractiveness, gender, anything. I just see ally or problem. <laughs> and, you know, I, I basically stopped and said, hey, guys, um, it was and it was like right before the Millie Vanilli bit. And I said, guys, uh, if you could just I can I can hear you up here. Um, it's a special taping. So if you could just, you know, keep the, stop, stop talking. Thank you. And that was it. That was the end of it so that it worked, but it was like, you don't want to interrupt your flow and, and have stress and, and whatnot. Um, so, you know, about, we're like 20 minutes in and it's already, it's like, we're going okay. It's going, it feels good. The big bits are still to come. Um, I had some lines fall flat. I compared holy water losing to COVID in church, like having to switch up the dispensers because of COVID. Uh, I compared that to Thanos kicking the shit out of Hulk, which has gotten a laugh in so many rooms. But apparently I stumbled on the one uh, the one audience in the world that did not understand an Avengers reference, which normally I'd applaud, but not on my special taping. Not when, Because that wasn't like an ad-libbed line. That was like a, a tested line. That has succeeded every time until that night. And I mean, there is only one moment of Daffy Duck crickets. And it was that line. Like, because I held for a beat, which was a big mistake. Like, I, I held because I was like, oh, they're catching up. No, they weren't. They just didn't think the line was funny. So hopefully we can cut that, that 
brief space and make it look like I was just moving along. Yogurt break. So, yogurt, not as conducive a food for podcasting. <laughs> Gotta just swallow this cow cum and I'll be ready to do more podcasting. Hold on, listeners. So, the, uh, you know, taping's going along. I'm feeling pretty good. Um, I had to refer to my cheat sheet more than more than I wanted to, and I couldn't quite read it. Um, because I don't, I'm out of practice with wearing contacts right now. And some of the, it was just, it was, you know, there's going to have to be uh, some edits there. Like the, despite fucking up the first one, if, 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 uh, if they can make this second one clean and slick to fuck cover up my expected errors, you know, a pause, a look down, things that can be cleaned up with crowd shots and stuff, I will, uh, you know. I'll consider deaths forgiven, but um, some of the big big bits really really worked. Um, I managed to do my billions story uh, on the fly. Like I I I, I didn't decide how I was gonna. It's a two part story basically involving my law professor from from Georgetown, and I split it up and it actually worked very well. And I I kind of on the fly thought. Um, how to how to do it, how to state something, and it worked, which was which was good. That always feels good. That was towards the end. Um, also, I had a bit about woke woke mobs. Somebody warning me about the woke mob when there was an actual mob attacking the Capitol. And the line I have, but I didn't feel like the crowd would dig it. I I took the measure of this crowd. the The October crowd, it would have ripped. This one, it wasn't going to. But when I say I have a line that I came up with two days ago. Which is, uh, you think Emmett Till's last words were, well, at least they're not a woke mob. And I thought this crowd would have been like, ooh. Like, I, they had that vibe, like that was going to be too far. And I'm not judging. That's a, that's a tough joke. <laughs> like, I don't mind if you don't find Emmett Till humor uh, uh, appealing. Even though, of course, the joke is really about mocking the sensitivities of people who never stop complaining about the woke mob. But I get it. If you don't laugh, and I took the measure of the crowd and thought too much. So I just changed it to, you think Mitt Romney was running around on uh, on January 6th going, well, at least they're not a woke mob. And that got a laugh. So I, all, all good. You know, we, we, we got the laugh. But just I'm giving you the inside scoop on what the original line was. Um... But things were going well. The crowd was very nice. They were pleasant. And then um, the the big bit. It's I mean, there's a large racial chunk, and this half the special is about race and me. And um, there's just uh, there's a, a lot of really good lines. I had one ad lib about kink shaming, and I said, "Can we stop with the, yeah, a little shame? Right? Why? Like, why do we? Some stuff should be shamed." And I go, "Why are we trying to get shame out of sex?" And I think I tied it into the Catholic Church somehow. I'm like, I know they've done wrong, but like, hey, some shame actually kind of makes, isn't that what makes sex kind of like it's a little naughty? So we kind of enjoy it more. I said, if everybody, if no one had any shame about sex, we'd all be wrinkly old hippies fucking in a forest on an episode of HBO's Real Sex. Nobody wants to watch that. And that was like a completely ad-libbed bit, (laughs) which, which, which worked. Um... And overall, it was it was solid. And I, I, I bet you when I watch the footage uh, one week or nine years from now, I will be like, 
actually pretty good because that's happened with multiple albums of mine where I was like, I don't know, that fucking suck. And then I watched or listened and or watched and was like, that was actually re- okay. I'm, you know what? Fucking I, I'm not, not bad, sir. So I'm hoping for that. But the big mistake on my part was during the whole chunk of stuff about me dressing up for the web series Comedy Academy as uh, various comedians of various ethnicities and races. The line, which I remembered perfectly and landed perfectly on the album, a.k.a. the first special, was people, you know, a guy asked me, he was like, dude, you did blackface? And I said, uh, it's really half blackface, isn't it? Like if we're being, if we're being totally honest, no, half, I think we can call half at best. And it's not even really blackface, but, but, but I'll, I'll, if you're willing to go to half, I'll take it. And, um, the whole bit, I talk about it. So, so the, the title is implied and it still works as a title because so much of the material is about my race and my face and whatnot. But, um, my God, it was so good that, that chunk, that whole like 20 minutes was, was really masterful on the first taping. And what happens to me, just some inside jail comedy baseball, what happens to me a lot of the time is I'll come up with an idea. And maybe it's podcasting, maybe it's just having a sharp comedy mind, maybe it's whatever muscles that I work a lot. I often can come up with a a great version of a joke on the first try. And then the next five tries are me trying to remember that and fumbling it. And then by the time we get to a fifth, a sixth, or a seventh time telling a joke, we've perfected it and now have memorized and uh, the, where I want it to go and what works. So as you, if you're doing the math, this was my second time doing this large chunk, and it was not as tight. It was it first whatever. It just I was too busy, you know, trying to at times remember what I wanted to say instead of just saying it because there was like, oh god, I got to remember that line. I got to remember that line, but I forgot. To say half blackface, the fucking title. Now, like I said, there's so much racial material and, and things that it, it it could easily just be an implied title. I don't have to explicitly say it, but I wanted to explicitly say it. Like I wanted to, and meant to, and basically remembered everything else on the bit except that. <laughs> Um, so that was, uh, one of the bigger disappointments for me. Um, I woke up today on about four hours sleep and was like sweating because I was thinking about the fact that I forgot to say the title of the fucking track and album on the special taping. Um, so yeah. So overall, I think fans will be pleased. I don't think you're going to listen to this and go, maybe it's, maybe it's, it's keep my enemies closer level. Maybe it is like once we're all done polishing it up, but that first taping was above that. The first taping was a, an unprecedented level for me. And I hope you enjoy whatever comes of these two tapings. Um, I am extremely grateful. Um, it's really hard for me to say how grateful I am, uh, because I, I, I don't know how to like maybe make people understand or feel that, but, um, you know, I'm, as I've said, I'm at this weird point in my career where it's like the silver lining to not having as big a career as I want is I get to actually really meet and appreciate fans 
on a much closer level than I might if I were doing, uh, you know, five sold out shows at Gotham or Radio City Music Hall. It, it, it's, 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 of course, for the career, that's what I want. But it also makes me feel like more of a disappointment um, because I feel like I want to reward the commitment and the faith and the appreciation and the travel and the dollars of my real fans, whether they be nine or 90 or 900. I want to reward, like the better my career does, the better it is for fans of me who, who are with me and support me and, 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 and show me um, appreciation and admiration and make me feel good about me and what I do. Like, so that's the irony. It's like, I'm, I almost feel like I'm letting fans down because if my career were better, it would be better for my fans. <laughs> um, and now I just don't know where, where I go from here with, with comedy. Um, uh, I mean, obviously sign up for both of my Patreons for Christ's sakes. I mean, I'm still doing those, but I have no gigs until July. Well, uh, what the fuck am I saying? Why did I just say that? I'm at I'm in Sellersville, Pennsylvania, and that was the funny thing. This morning, I woke up to two tweets that were just so perfect reminders of where I am in comedy. One tweet was like, "JL, I haven't seen you in my feed for a long time. Hope it went well. Love your stuff." And I was like, "Right, thank you, Twitter, Twitter algorithm. What a sick sense of humor you have." The day after I'm like despondent over my special taping, I get another reminder that Twitter's algorithm is fucking me extremely hard um like it was funny like i haven't gotten one of those tweets in like months but i got one this morning i got one this morning when i woke up saying jail where have you been i haven't seen you in my feed for so long well that's that's why i can't sell out a 115 seat theater it's not your fault you might have been there if you had any idea like i can't even get people if i write sign up for my newsletter i don't even know if people see that tweet so i can't be mad at somebody who doesn't see the tweet calling them to action. Um, and then I had another uh, tweet um, from somebody saying, uh, uh, hope it went well and I'm so mad. I live near your next gig, but I'll be out of town. I'm not mad at this person. I'm a pre This is a real fan. You know, I believe that. But it's also one of those things like, of course, I, I at this point assume my fans cannot make my shows. That's how I stay uh, sane. I assume you can't make it when I'm in your town. And uh, if you show up while I'm in your town, pleasant surprise. Everybody's happy. So that's how I woke up. But last night after the show, I went out for some drinks, said hi to some fans, uh, some friends and fans who were, who were at the bar near the, near the place. Um, it wasn't as uh, amazing. Uh, I wasn't greeted with big applause like I was after October, which was fine. That would have been cheesy and annoying. Uh, but at the same time, I also thought, nor was I applause worthy. Um, relative, you know... That was standing ovation level in October. This one was like very funny stuff, sir. Um, but said hi to various groups. Um, the uh, you know the the well, I don't I don't want to tell tales out of school, but uh, you know uh, I was getting I was getting eyeballed by uh, a very, an attractive audience member um, who then kept eyeballing the righteous girlfriend. And it was like, uh, th this is not, this is, we're not doing this. We're not, we're not, this is just, just be respectful, be respectful. But it was, uh, um, it was nice to just see some fans and, and some friends who I don't get to see that often. I mean, I communicate with, with 
a couple of friends very frequently, but don't, don't see as much now that I'm not in the city. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we left and, uh, took a cab home. The righteous girlfriend treated me to a, a lift and it started to rain when we got home. And I said, I'll take cookie out. And this is where the evening took a, a bad turn. Uh, it started pouring and the time we were in the elevator coming up and me getting cookie and going back down, it had gone from a drizzle to a torrential downpour. And so cookie could have helped me out. She hadn't peed in like 10 hours, so I knew she had to go. But sometimes she likes to go in dirt, obvious. I don't know if it's obvious, but she prefers dirt. She likes dirt as a landing place for her piss. But on rare occasions, I will walk her kind of under the, under the, you know, the parking lot is partially covered. So I will walk her to empty parking spaces, and on occasion, she will plop down and piss there. What do you think Cookie did? Do you think she helped me out at 2 a.m. during a monsoon while I'm contemplating the end of my comedy career? No. She just kept looking at me, and it's cute. If you're, if you're, if you're not me after last night's show, it's very cute what she does. She just kind of stops and looks at you like, can we go inside now? Have I walked around enough, sir? But I, was, I started going, give me a fucking break, Cookie, and she doesn't like the F word. It triggers her from her past. She is definitely, uh, you know, whatever abuse she's in. So I'm like, God fucking damn it. And I'm just muttering, you're fucking ruining my life. Like, like, like I, you know, like I said, from, from 5 p.m. until 2 a.m., my nerves, my attitude, my composure were, were shit. And so I'm like, I, I yank, like I, she's dawdling. I try to walk her into a dirt area, getting wet, both of us wet. And she just looks at me and I said, oh, fuck off. And like stormed inside. She's staring at me terrified. We walk down to the hall. We walk down the hallway. It's 2 a.m. I go in and I just declare, you got to take this fucking dog out. And then slam the door harder than I've ever slammed a door in my life. And, uh, you know, if neighbors had complained, they would be completely right. And the RGF, annoyed but more understanding than she should have been, uh, took Cookie out. Cookie peed with her because I said Cookie's not going to pee with me. She's just going to stare at me like you scare me, big person. And I went to sleep. I slept about four hours. Woke up sweaty, thinking about the title. And then I looked, and Cookie had not gone to her bed last night. She usually just she lies by me, and when the lights go out, she gets up and goes to her bed. But she lay next to me for the whole night. And I guess that was probably a combination of my big person is uh, upset, so I'm doing this both uh, for support. And for self-preservation, I'm just going to stay here in case he needs to vent or is sad or angry. And that's why I'm a fucking dick. And that's why I should quit comedy because the righteous girlfriend and the righteous cookie are better, better beings than me and provide uh, more calm and more support than, than I reciprocate. Uh, and if that's what comedy does to me, if the pressure is that much, you know, it's, yeah, if I ever became the next fucking George Carlin or Richard Pryor or Dave Chappelle, these would all be folklore of like, he was such a maniacal, passionate comedian, like, and it would become a point of respect and admiration. Like, he was just, oh, you know, like, like the guy who never leaves the gym. And it's like, didn't his family miss him? Or like, <laughs> you know what I mean? You never hear the other, you're just like, oh, with a work ethic. But sometimes work ethic, uh you know, is, is masking other things or, or causing other things. And, um, that's not how I should act. 
that's not a way to show love or appreciation. Uh, and, um, they were understanding maybe cookie knew I had a comedy special as well, but they were, uh, and cookies right in here right now. Um, just, just lying behind me, looking at me, wagging her tail. Cause she's a forgiving, kind creature uh, that I'm, that I'm a big fan of and has been an invaluable, invaluable companion. These, these last couple years, especially always, but these last couple years, especially. Um, and so now it's just on to contemplating what, what I do with my career going forward. Um, obviously if I look at the special edited and go, this is uh, an Emmy and Grammy winning project, I will come back on this podcast and say, everybody game back fucking on. Let's do this. Oh, Cookie just heard the F word, and she just made a, a gag face. She has this puke face when she's nervous. She looks like she's going to puke. She doesn't, but it looks like so. See? It, it, on cue, she heard the F word and got very upset. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. Um, that's the recap. That's everything that happened. Um, like I said, I started off with what I did today. I went to a movie. didn't help. Um, I'm just... Uh, I, just I don't know what to do um like at all with with comedy um i love doing it i love creating funny things um and just as an example to bitch about some other algorithm besides twitter youtube so when i posted my joel osteen sketch in 2015 i had 2000 subscribers and that video had 10,000 views within a week and it's now at like 60,000 total or 70,000 total. I have 65,000 subscribers on YouTube. And obviously many more social media followers than before. After um, a little less than a week, it has 3,000 views. So you, you do the math there. Does that make any sense? Does, is there any rhyme or reason to this? I accumulated a fan base 32 times bigger on YouTube and 40 times bigger on Twitter and it yielded a very funny video same sort of topic and it's clocking in at 70% fewer views you tell me if that makes sense um, and that's what's frustrating is you're, you're no matter how good I can be and, and unfortunately last night was not as good as I can be it was as good as I could be yesterday but it's not as good as I can be October was as good as I can be at, under any circumstances that was the best I can be last night was not that not for lack of trying not for lack of effort but it just wasn't I was in a I put too much pressure on myself I'm unable to kind of deal with my nerves uh, at a certain level and the more the more my career goes on the more I need a silver bullet to save my career so like this special this second time doing a special felt like, okay, we're going to get this right. And that's why it has to be perfect and great. And it wasn't perfect. It's really good, I think, but it's not, I, I don't know if it's great. I, I'm hoping with editing, we can make a great product, but I'm going to need, I'm going to, I will need some editing to, to make this better than very good. The other, the first one, you could fucking put that out right now, unedited, and it would be a phenomenal, great piece of piece of comedy work but i just don't know where where to go now like wait you know i've i you guys have heard me bitch and moan about so many of these things but i i i cannot get an agent or a manager um 
I've chronicled for you all the ways I've tried. People contacting on my behalf, emails going unanswered, people saying, yeah, email me here, call me here, and, and then never replying after I do. Um, people who have had relationships with me in the past in the business, not even responding to messages. So, so that's like shut out. Like, like that path is, is, as, is like shut out, which is, which is bizarre, weird, frustrating, and upsetting. But it is. It's like the, the management agent class has decided I'm not worth a conversation, an email, a Zoom chat, a meeting, anything. A reply. <laughs> um, so then we move on to, you know, hey, the special. Well, we're going to need some help, I think, if this is going to be a, a great special, because I think it was just a, it was a, it was a good set with some great, great moments, but that leaves the door open to rejection. Rejection that will hurt me, I should say. In other words, if they were to reject the October special, that wouldn't hurt me, because I'd go, oh, they're, like, I could say with confidence, oh, the industry is fucking stupid and it's headed in a direction that I should just get out now because why waste, like, my talent and effort is now wasted on an increasingly dumb industry. Whereas this special, maybe is an A-, minus, but that's, an, that's room. That is room for critique. That is room for judgment, uh, objective critiques, not just like, oh, we're not looking at this, you know. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> but uh, that's the rundown. That's what happened. So this is your episode for the week. I may do a bonus episode. Uh, check out patreon.com slash jlcovan. If you're a fan of the Trump stuff, that Patreon's going very strong. That's patreon.com slash mpga. If you're anywhere near Sellersville, Pennsylvania, which is in, uh, which is between, I think, Allentown and Philadelphia, closer to Allentown, but it's between Philadelphia and Allentown, uh, that is a week from today, uh, Sunday the 22nd at 8 p.m. at the Sellersville Theater. I hear it's a very nice venue, so... Uh, hopefully some of you can make it if any of my Philadelphia area fans or 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 Bethlehem Allentown fans um listen to this uh it'd be great if you could make it um and then after that it's just going to be um i think um most likely you know keeping up with social media content making videos making podcasts um and working on you know the special really to see if if we can edit this into something really good and, and, and maybe get somebody interested in it. And if not, hopefully uh, this summer you will be able to purchase it or, or whatever. Um, and, and that'll be hopefully fun for everybody. So yeah, you had to expect this was not, this was going to be a, a postmortem that would be, uh, even if joyful, it would have been somber and reflective. It wouldn't have been like joyful. I fucking did it. Suck my dick. It would have been I did it. I'm humbled. I'm exhausted. Thank you for your support. That would have been like the positive one. The negative one is really not too much of a difference in tone, but, you know, a little more pessimistic overall for my career. But uh, as always, thank you for listening to this. If you're a Patreon, much, much appreciated. If you're not, that's okay, too. If you came to the show, thank you very much. If you've come to any show of mine, thank you very much. Um, now I got to go walk this dog who uh, I got to be extra nice to today. Because she, uh, I forgot to mention. See, just like my, just like half blackface, I forgot the punchline of the cookie story. When I slammed the door, she immediately started pissing on the kitchen floor. So she was very scared, and uh, you know, I felt very bad after. And comedy ain't worth 
being gruff with your girlfriend or screaming at your dog. Uh, Comedy's supposed to be fun. (laughs) And we'll see if it ever becomes fun again. So thank you guys. Enjoy your Sunday or Monday or Tuesday or uh, 2023 whenever you listen to this podcast. Um, But uh, yeah. That's that's the postmortem. So if you were expecting totally happy, sorry to disappoint you. You, you got mostly unhappy. But uh, the good news is, probably never going to do a special again. So at least, at least whether I continue comedy or quit, these moments should never happen again. And I'm including this fucking dreary podcast type episode. So um, that's it, guys. I appreciate you listening. Um, hopefully you found this at least enlightening, informative or, or whatever, but not, uh, not totally depressing. So I will see you next Tuesday.